I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't be, it's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. Ah! <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies new and old, some industry news that's going on, as well as some friendly competition about pizza. Um, you know, as you guys know, we're all living in 2020. It's a pretty weird situation. Um, this week, we watched um, King of Staten Island, um, where now it is 2020. We're halfway through. Pete Davidson is running for an oscar leading actor right he's the only person who's had a movie come out so he's the only person that we can really vote for at the oscars um i'm joined today of course as always by my best friend and partner in pizza slices brian deal how are you doing today i'm doing i'm doing pretty well how about you i'm all right brian you you brought a guest with you today we're not alone yeah we are not alone for the first time michael we have a third with us uh we have our first guest of the Our Slice on Film podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the podcast, my little brother, Jason Deal. Jason, how are you? Clap, 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 clap. I'm wonderful. Thank you guys for inviting me on this podcast. I'm really excited to talk about this movie with both of you guys. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have some great discussions about it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Dive right in. Now, well, we're not going to dive in. We're going to set the record straight. Oh, okay. We technically did not invite you. You had reached out to Brian and said, hey, I want to be on the King of Staten Island episode. Um, I asked you this before, so I've already heard it. But Jason, why are you so adamant about being heard about King of Staten Island? We're super happy to have you here. Hope this is a continuing thing that we have going on. What, what, what's your appearance today all about? Uh, to annoy Brian as much as humanly possible <laughs> with this. Uh, but uh, I'm a big Judd Apatow fan. I've been a big fan of his ever since uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin uh, and every movie in between. And uh, But what's interesting about that is like, I am not a Pete Davidson fan whatsoever. Oh. Uh, I, I find his stand-up comedy to be uh, very controversial in terms of... Not in terms of his profanity, but I think he isn't necessarily as sensitive on certain topics, especially related to certain minority issues and the LGBTQ community. Um, but on top of that, I do see a lot of myself in Pete Davidson in, in connection with his own struggles with mental illness. Uh, Pete Davidson has been very open about being uh, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is something I personally struggle with. So I was very curious to see his own uh, semi-autobiographical experience portraying his mental illness and see how it compares to my own uh, story with it. Wow. And on that note, this is the last podcast that I'll be the co-host. Jason's going to slide <laughs> right in seamlessly to one deal to another. Okay. Yeah. That was, that Brian was great. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was great. Yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't realize you weren't a Pete Davidson fan. Are you a no, Pete Davidson I... pan, fan, Brian? So, so what Jason said about this, I, I agree. His stand-up, <clears throat> I've only seen one of his stand-up specials. I'm not sure how many he has uh, on Netflix, but... The most recent one? Maybe. I found it incredibly awkward and uncomfortable and just uh, I agree. really not that funny. And uh, on him in SNL, though, I think his his bits on update when asked on that and, excuse me, some of the characters plays whatever sketches, I find it pretty funny. Um, but his stand-up is something totally different and I just don't care at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of agree with that. I think he has lots of times to shine in SNL. I mean, even when you see his audition, uh, it's just him doing stand-up, talking about uh, people fucking like Green Day. Uh, and on top of that, uh, he's Day. only... <laughs> Green Day's great. I will always stand by Green Day. But I think the thing he's most known for is being the recurring character Chad, but a lot of that really, and like, that's just him being a stoner, very vapid, absolutely empty. And I felt like this movie was trying to make a two and a half hour movie out of that sketch almost. And it oh. doesn't necessarily work. But I do think there's a <laughs> lot. Coming of, out with the big hits. Dude, we've yeah, got like all right, 10 so minutes in. We're 10 so minutes let's in. Just, You're like, let's, fuck this movie, bro. So it's still, <laughs> it's still we're talking. Non spoilers. This movie just came out. Non spoilers. Jason, you're coming out. Does this movie? This movie does not work for you. 
Guns a-blazing. Uh, yeah, do I need to like not talk about spoilers whatsoever? Yeah, not, not yet. Non-spoilers, general thoughts. You could talk about performances um, okay. and things of that nature. Um, general plot lines, if you will, but nothing spoilery, you know? Okay. Uh, I think I loved the first shot of the movie. And with that first mm-hmm. shot of the movie, it really set a tone that I was so, so deeply fascinated with. And I thought if the movie was going to continue with that line, uh, with that with that type of tone, I thought it was going to be a much more human, a much darker movie, but something that would al- allow the story to have a message about how trauma and mental health really affect you going into adult life and how you cope with it beyond. But I felt like after that opening scene, it just felt like a lot of vignettes of Pete Davidson just like, bumming around doing his own thing just just showing to me how unlikable of a character he is at least in the first half of the movie which just frustrated me to no end which i get because you say for the first half of the movie this is a two hour and 15 minute judd apatow long as hell the first hour is its own judd apatow comedy or just like a like like you said pete davidson kind of sketches yeah and Oh my God. It's just him bumming around for that first hour. You know, it's, it's hard for me to like, I don't know. It's hard for me to sympathize with him when he's, I don't know. I just had a hard time relating to the character, me personally. And it was, it was a lot that first hour. It's not until I guess Bill Burr's character comes in, I guess, Mm -hmm. maybe even a little bit after that, when his character actually begins to develop, you've been to get, you begin to see his character development. That's when I found them interesting. Most, the movie's most interesting. But man, it took a long time to get It took a there. long time. It really, it just set like a, a setting of this is Pete Davidson's life. Um, it took way too long. It's, it, was, it was just way too long of a setting. It's not interesting. I, I didn't find myself caring about any of the characters really until the halfway point when that big scene happens. That really changes the tone of the movie, I think. Or really yeah. allows for the character to actually start growing. Can you can just when we're on the same page without revealing really, like, hardcore details? What scene are you referring to? Like what setting? Above what location? Pool, right? The above ground uh, pool. I was, is it the far- I was thinking the pharmacy. The pharmacy. The pharmacy. pharmacy. Oh, good okay. call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, okay. So, Jason, you get shared his thoughts. I can. I, I agree in the sense. I think I like it a little more than you because even during that first hour. I, Michael, we, Michael and I watched the movie together. We were in person, actually, actually having, <laughs> actually having pizza. Which God, I missed awesome. you so much, Brian. Movie. I missed yeah. you so much. <laughs> having pizza, drinking a beer. Uh, thank you, Domino's, for that phenomenal coupon Shout deal. Out. Memphis is um, best pizza, right? Oh, that's no, another that's podcast a, episode. That's a, that's a, <laughs> damn, Jason throwing throwing fire, man. That's a. Well, whatever dig. Memphis um, got, it's probably better than anything in San Francisco right now. Yeah. Um, so, no, but because there was, I had some, I, had, I literally had some bust out laughing moments in the first hour. Yeah. Even though mm-hmm. it was, even though it was long and it was annoying and like at times like redundant, like repetitive, I still found myself like busting out laughing because he does still have, he has good awkward delivery at times that we'll talk on a little later, I guess, when we can talk about specific plot points, but that's what kept me going a little bit was that that humor was still kind of there at times, but Michael, what are your general thoughts? Yeah. I, I, Pete gave me, I anticipated a lot less from him on emotional baggage. (laughs) I think he, he, he dug a little bit deeper than what I thought he could have done. Um, So I'm proud of him for that. But at the same time, it still kind of feels like Pete Davidson digging. It doesn't feel like him acting. It just feels like I'm watching Pete Davidson dig into his soul to like bring this emotion up. So I, yeah, I respect him, but also the, the script isn't terrible. I mean, it's got Judd Apatow who can carry a movie when he writes and he can kind of do that. Pete Davidson's also a co-writer and you know, just thinking about that kind of duo, Pete's probably throwing the quips in. So he's maybe writing any of the the funny lines like he would that. for stand up. He, he's, he's a credited writer on this movie. Yeah, and which I'm, has he written for SNL? I don't know if he has. But I think I think all the yeah. all the cast members write their own all, stuff. Or they most of them do write. I know Pete Davidson is solely responsible for all of his weekend update segments, but also on weekend update, they're just like, "Yo, talk about this for two minutes," and then he just like jots notes down like yeah. the day of. Yeah. So yeah, he's 
I, th- I think he's definitely talented, like, right. Yeah. And I think, and he, and this is a semi-autobiographical movie. You know, he obviously has just like a closet full of demons that he has to battle. I can't even begin to imagine the kind of pain he's been through his entire life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean I still can't find him really awkward and uncomfortable at times, <laughs> yeah. so, you know? Um, and it's sometimes yeah. it's a little charming and endearing. Are we talking about mm-hmm. Pete Davidson like in public? Or are we talking about his character, Scott? Because sometimes Scott's got a little, little charm to his asshole buffoonery. And I, um, and I think Pete Davidson has that still also has that charm too. When he, when he wants, when he wants to turn it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say after this. He's, he's just, it, there are parts when it worked is here's a question I have for you guys. Bring it. This is a two hour, 15 movie. It's tackling. Is this a, I'm calling it a comedy. If you want to call it a dramedy, sure. Maybe a little bit, but in that, in that realm is Judd Apatow, like a little cocky, like for thinking he can tackle something like this. Is like he what? mental health? he is tackling like mental health, childhood trauma, what it means to be a hero while also throwing in this stoner 20, 20 something year old guy. I don't know. It was just like, it, it's, he's tackling a lot. And if, if there are moments when like, this is a comedy, there are moments like, what the hell are we watching? This is a drama. Like this is something that's is really heavy. Is he like, and I think about some of his other, like, this is 40. What does it mean to, you know, be a middle-aged man? What does it mean to grow up? And is he, does he, I don't know. Do you guys know what I'm trying to get at? He, like He he makes movies about losers. I mean, he's he's good at kind of bringing us into a situation never thought, okay. where people are, it, it's a, he makes sitcom movies, right? We put these actors and these characters in situational situational comedies where we kind of just see, like, they're kind of just losers right this is this might be peak i don't know because steve carell in the 40 year old version was technically a loser if we're like ranking him by sexual exploits but <laughs> he's a pretty moral individual in that movie yeah. um pete davison a little ambiguous on his morals he really is just a loser so i i think where this movie brings us from the bottom of what a 24 24 year old judd apatow thinks of and brings him up as much as he can within I, this movie takes over a year. I don't even know. There was no time frame. It felt like maybe three weeks. It happened <laughs> weird. Anyway, um, that's my take on Judd Apatow. Now, Jason came in here talking about his love for Mr. Apatow. So what do you think? Uh, I've, like I said, I've always really liked uh, Judd Apatow movies and I think he's a really, really, uh, good at, at but mixing together comedy and heart. Um, and I think that goes with a lot of his movies with The 40-Year-Old Virgin. There's a lot of sweetness that comes with it in Steve Carell's journey. And I think Judd Apatow is really good at uh, dissecting certain relationships between uh, Steve Carell and I think it's Elizabeth Banks in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Seth Rogen and uh, Catherine <laughs> Heigl and Knocked Up. Leslie Mann, Paul Rudd, This Is 40, and I forgot who's in Funny People. I think it's Adam Sandler and somebody. Adam Sandler, yeah. Um, but even I think... And even in Trainwreck, too. Yeah, uh, Amy Schumer, Bill Hader. Oh, I think, Bill Hader. Yeah, I think Judd Apatow is really good at dissecting these really interesting relationships, and this one I think is the most unusual in the fact that it's the main relationship, I think, is between, in my opinion, Mar- Marissa Tomei and Pete Davidson. Yeah. But I think and taking a movie with a lot of darker themes. I think he struggled and I'm going to go back to the tone thing of trying to find the right balance with it of being whether like, whether he wanted it to be a comedic drama or a dramatic comedy. And I felt like he couldn't figure out how he wanted to play it throughout the movie. That's a good way of putting it. Is it a a dramatic comedy or a comedic drama? I I agree. It it had a hard time finding its lane where I think all those other movies you definitely know what they are. We don't yeah, think that's yeah. just the tone he was going for, where it's like this this kid's messed up, but it's he's he's funny. I don't know. Like, I guess for me, that's was I he trying to entertain more than he was trying to maybe educate on the plight of individuals with with these mental illnesses. A movie is supposed to entertain us regardless of what the message is. Did you mm-hmm. laugh at this movie, Jason? Uh, I did. I did. I did. I did bust out laughing a few times. Uh, but I did 
find myself just getting annoyed with the film because it was just struggling to figure out what it wanted to be. It took a long time to get to that hump, to get over the hump, you know, like it was like, we're go up, we're going uphill, we're going uphill. He's, B. Davidson does stupid thing after stupid thing after stupid thing. And you're like, when, and is, he, when is he going to mature? When's that? Because you know, it's going to happen. You know, it's going, this is a movie, it's going to happen. And then it's like, finally he gets there. And that's when I'm like, all right, we can see him maturing. We can see him developing. Um, and getting out of this hole that he's been in, but it, it took forever to get there. Was what that was what uh, I blame the dead dad. They didn't bring in his <laughs> emotional. No, well, goddamn! I he they wow. didn't bring in his emotional baggage from that trauma until really when he was later on in the movie. And so if they when, were, when Bill Burr's introduced and then yeah, he's, he's pissed that he's a firefighter. We get a little glimpse of it with his tattoo. Um, yeah. When his friends are, you know, this new girl is like, oh, what's that tattoo for? And it's, it's a tattoo for his dad. Knock, um, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Not, Not your dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and he's just like straight face. Like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not cool. <laughs> so they, they, they showed glimpse of it. And we see his shrine in Marissa Tomei's house um early on and we know everyone who's kind of hyping up this movie we know pete davison's dad was in you know died on 9 11 so we know that of the autobiographical nature of this movie was he just was apatow just expecting us to come in and remember that or like just understand that pete's got this baggage they didn't show it enough mm -hmm. the other yeah. issue now I'm I'm feeling cornered here because it is one New Yorker versus two Chicagoans, but I'm on home I'm on home turf right now. New Yorkers like to talk, so they like to say this. <laughs> Staten Island, um, they 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 talk. So Pete Davidson doesn't talk as much, but everyone around him is constantly talking and constantly telling really what they think of him, and he's keeping it all to himself. Mm -hmm. They they spent so much time like having these other characters just tell him like. You make everyone miserable. Everyone's miserable around you for like an hour. And yeah. it's just these thick New York accents just screaming at Pete Davidson. And we don't see it affect him early enough. Okay. So you wish you would have saw it. So you don't, so you think, you don't think is that just to like Pete Davidson just not being like the best actor in the world, do you think? I don't know. I don't know who to blame more. Pete Davidson or Judd Apatow? Because I think I don't mind his acting. I thought, I, I think he was. I think he was fine. He was playing himself. I mean, he was, he's playing a version of himself, you know, and I thought it, I thought it was fine in um, that regard. I don't know. I'm just disagreeing with you, Michael. I don't, no, don't have okay. to get upset. You don't have to get upset <laughs> no. about it. You don't have to get upset about no, it. No, you said it was fine. You said oh. it was fine. So like, there's not like fine, whatever you want, but yeah. I don't snap at you, but like, it was just fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like I said before, I know Pete Davidson was acting. I could see him working like it's not his snl monologues where he is pete davison um it's him playing some of, of a character um but the problem is maybe his character is just so much like him that if you call this semi-autobiographical how much is semi if it i think it's, it, it's just like it just looks like him well yeah i think i think it's semi in the in the fact that his his father in the movie died a different way on a different on a different date he doesn't die in 9-11 in the movie. He dies in a hotel fire, they say. And his tattoo is different. It's not it's not 9-11 on his arm. It's a different it's a different date. Mm -hmm. And then instead of being instead of aspiring to be a comic, he aspires to be a, a tattoo artist. Specifically, he wants to open up his own tattoo restaurant. Ruby Tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Ruby Tattoos <laughs> Days. Yeah. So I think it's semi in that regard, but I think everything else, his struggle with mental health. And obviously the trauma of his father dying, being a stoner, essentially, lack of a better word. I think that's all, I guess, with all that being said, do you want to go into spoilers slash like, so this is a comedy, like favorite lines or things that made you laugh? Did you yeah, all take I feel like it would like, just be worth time particularly to just funny or? do the moments, just the funny fucking moments. Yeah. Okay. So Jason, what kind of notes do you have? Do you have, did you write down anything that like a moment that stood out to you in the movie? Uh, a moment and one of my absolute favorite moments of the entire film. So really quick, what's the spoilers now? So if you haven't seen The King of Staten Island, check it out. Uh, you can rent it where you rent your movies, whether I think, you know, YouTube, Voodoo, we got ours on Amazon Prime, $20. Check it out. Jason, sorry, we're interrupting. Go. How dare you? 
Uh, <laughs> one of my very, very favorite scenes in the movie happens very, very early on with the incredible Belle Powley, who plays Kelsey and Pete Davidson. She was great. Intercourse. Uh, I absolutely loved her accent. I could listen to her just like just narrating the entire movie. I love a Staten Island accent. It, it blew my mind that she's not from there. She's uh, fucking English. She's English. Well, a, a New York accent I'm like, isn't the hardest to do. It just I, think of, you could, I think I think there's a good one. There's a bad one. Oh, yeah, know. for sure. And I'll, you would know better than both of us, Jason and I. I don't think it was bad. Was no, it? and so the thing, Staten Island is the forgotten borough um, in you know in New York, and they just have a very blended culture of New York and a little bit of New Jersey. So you, it's these accents are very much a blend of like a little Brooklynite, um, a little you know New Yorker plus some you know GTL some Jim Tan Laundry, Jersey Shore stuff. So that, the Staten Island is actually, it's different than, you know, you know, some other New Yorks, which is so strange because, yeah, this New York, I love New York so much. Um, it's so dense, but just the differences from even in accents in this small little thing, it's just, it's so crazy. Um, Do you think yeah. Staten Island's going to be Williamsburg in 10 years? Like they said in the movie? <laughs> I don't, I, my, least favorite borough is probably staten island um i i've got cousins who live out there so john and nicole and your kids i love you but i went out there for a birthday party once with my parents and my grandpa and we were in traffic on the way home to long island for like four and a half hours um another time i rented a car in new york when i was flying back to go see my mom and i got into an accident on a bridge and had to pull over into staten island and wait for a cab so it was like nothing good has really ever happened to me in staten island <laughs> uh uh, so Jason, I'm sorry. You were saying about Bell Bell Powley and uh, uh, after yeah, one of my absolute favorite scenes is them uh, post coitus uh, when they're just like talking about the effects that uh, antidepressants have on uh, the libido, and I yeah. thought that was one of the most pure, like a, such an authentic scene. Something again, I relate to something I've had very similar conversations about with significant others, um, and I thought it was one of the most brilliant things they actually did, and it, it was. So human, so real. Um, and again, it start, the movie started off so strong with that opening scene and then it has this very, very human scene and then it just like throws it all aside. But I absolutely was, I like watched that scene three times because I was just like, this is brilliant. Yeah. This is so funny. And it's something that people don't talk about on in movies or television. Yeah, it was it was funny, and, and from hearing from you, it's, it's nice to know that's also insightful too. Like it was, it, so it's real. It, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's cool. All right, cool. So me, someone who does not take antidepressants, that is, that is, that is, it's cool to know that, that is it, it's, that was that was that was delivered very effectively. Then because I thought that was yeah. actually like hilarious. <laughs> yeah, his exchange with her, that was good. Cool. Okay, uh, Michael, is there a particular uh, seat? Any, any anything you want to add or anything that stood out to you? That was funny. Um, the first thing. Just looking down at my notes, I have bad Lizzo karaoke written down because there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, actually I think there's two moments where karaoke is just bad. Like it's a thing that the people in this movie just don't know karaoke. I think it's a high school grad party, and these two girls who are graduating, they're up there not saying a single word to Lizzo's song. And she's up there and everyone's cheering for him. I'm like, such a high school party. I'm like, that's <laughs> so funny. Just bad Lizzo karaoke. <laughs> okay, so you had, so I was, we can just like keep on going on this circle yeah. like things as we progress. So, okay, so for me, I'm just going through my notes. Um, you, you took the antidepressant once. That's a good one, Jason. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, okay, so... I don't know if this joke is inappropriate. I don't know if it's too soon, but when he's talking to his little sister about how that one time he was like flirting with his little sister's friend and he was just like, Oh, I just said she, that she looks good in those pants. I didn't think I'd get me too'd for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh man. That, that made me bust out laughing. But at the same time I was like, F do I, is it bad that I'm laughing at this joke? Is this a joke to be laughed at? I, 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 was, I wasn't sure, but that, that did make me laugh. It's just so great. Um, okay, uh, Jason, how about you? Uh, kind of in a similar vein, uh, one thing I thought was really funny was at the graduation party when the two, like the aunt and uncle are talking about like how great uh, their daughter is and how sad they're going to be. He's just like, you fucking fruit. <laughs> 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 I just lost it. Oh, man. <laughs> 
which again might be like super offensive as like like as a queer person like it's terrible on pete davidson as a straight guy's like being derogatory but like i thought it was so funny <laughs> that was that was pretty that was pretty good okay Man. uh michael how about you i just i'm gonna i i'm gonna take brian's favorite line because i can't believe you didn't say this one first no, no what, what oh uh, no no, no i don't think it's gonna be that one it, um when it's after pete moves out and marissa tomei has already redecorated the house within six hours um and her friends over there and her her friend or maybe her aunt i don't know some neighborhood they're sitting there like literally housewives their hair's all done up marissa tomei kicked the kick the guys out and like is just ready to live her life and the, the the woman just says something really snarky and pete goes eat a dick can you just eat a dick and she goes mm, sorry i'm full from breakfast and immediately shouldn't finish life she goes hey he goes hey back to marissa tomei and has a conversation it's just this quick like shut the fuck up he just goes into it and i think that's what he's good at he's really good at those exclamations and just stopping things on a dime so like for, for me when bill burr comes with his son after pete davidson gave a nine-year-old a tattoo in the park which just makes absolutely no it's like he's like how old are you well that's good enough for me for consent all right cool starts starts drawing on him and bill burr's the dad of that kid breaks into the front door of their house and then we're just talking about like Scott, come to the door. <laughs> he just rolls up and goes, hey, what's up? Oh, fuck. <laughs> he gets out of frame. <laughs> I busted out laughing at that. You know, it was just, he was just like, so, so like, hey, what's up? That Chad character. <laughs> hey, what's up? Oh, oh. <laughs> he freaks out. That, that, made, that made me laugh. Man, yeah. and that, that tattoo um, thing lends itself to another good line later where I think it's Pete. He's like, I tattooed some kid in the woods. That's like the second worst thing you could do to a kid in the woods or maybe Marissa Tomei said that. That was another really great line. We all, we, you, Kimberly and I all looked at one another like, is it the second worst thing? It's to like, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it top five? Top five, baby? I don't know. I don't know if it's the second, but I think it's top five. Maybe I, top five. I also really appreciated Pete Davidson just carrying around needles with him, just ready to be like, hey, can I, can I tell you? Yeah, so he's like a mobile tattoo kit. Like, is that what he's got? Like, he's got a little, like, a, I don't even know how that works. I don't know. This is a very not coronavirus movie. Oh hell! He wouldn't no. be able to just walk around tattooing kids. Tattoos. No, absolutely. like was he sharing the needle? Like were all his friends like using the same one? Like there's just a lot of like health hazards that like I want to know about. No one was yeah. infected. I think his biggest issue was they were bad, just bad. His, tattoos. Okay. The so, tattoos were terrible. Even like the ending of Bill Burr's back, I was like, like this isn't even good. Some were good. Some were not good. What's that it one line? Man, hitting. Obama ain't right. He ain't look yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I, can't, I got no black friends. I can't, I can't go to the barbershop anymore. <laughs> he's just, how this tattoo that Pete drew, it is just this, this detrimental effect on every aspect of his life. And really, like if you look at it, it doesn't look like Obama, mostly. And then he's just like, Obama ain't right. And you look and it's like, I know like Obama, like real bad. And the whole thing is Pete's like, yeah, uh, I usually don't get the eyes right. It's this whole thing. And all the eyes on all his tattoos are like. And that's a recurring joke. Yeah, that was good. That was funny. That makes so um, much sense. I just had written down. Um, God. Oh, man. Uh, never mind. Uh, Michael, while you, what else? Uh, something I just wanted to point out is I thought it was really clever how the movie made Pete Davidson a tattoo artist because it's literally him putting his mistakes on other people, showing that uh. yo 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 yo, uh, literally <laughs> showing like literally putting his mess, his showing literally how he affects other people in a very permanent manner, and I thought that was something I really enjoyed seeing how just how he is literally tattooing mistakes on other people and we also just see his friend group that like yeah pete's a loser but he also hangs out with some losers like besides them robbing that pharmacy i what who else is just passing a joint back and forth be like hey give me a shitty obama tattoo right now and not thinking about consequences like they're also losers as well so he's just so he placed himself there i think that that's interesting that He's just fucking up everyone else around him. Yeah, I enjoy that that perspective. That's something I didn't even think about. That's a good one. That's good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. I've got a gripe. Here's a quick turnaround. Uh -oh. His tattoos are bad, but then suddenly he can draw comic book characters for Bill Burr's kids. Ice Flash. Fuck yeah. Where is that superhero movie? Why can't I you ta just tattoo that? Tattoo like nice tattoos if you can draw. 
Also, yeah, enough. like, why be a dick? Be like, oh, yeah, I don't want Chinese characters. Have, like, massive three Chinese characters on his, like, spine. Still I was like, on him. like, still yeah. an asshole. Yeah, he still, he still has those moments where he's still an ass. Um, so I have a line written down before a scene that I want to talk about. It's kind of the beginning of his vulnerability in talking about his father as the Staten Island Yankees in that scene <laughs> at the baseball game. When, well, Bill Burr's like, I have season tickets to the Yankees. Oh, sick. That's dope. No way. So, yeah, I think Staten Island has a real chance, good chance this year. And like, oh, the, the Staten Island Yankees. You know, <laughs> it only adds to the fact that Pete thinks this guy's a loser. But um, And then they go and it literally looks like any minor league field. Like, it looks yeah, yeah, just yeah. like the Redbird Stadium, AutoZone Park down here in Memphis. Like, it's not all the seats are there. There's just kids running around. Like well, it's, cl- it's, a classic minor, <laughs> it's a classic minor league. The, the firehouse must have season tickets. But I kind of want to talk about that because that's kind of the introduction to the kind of trauma. He kind of vocalizes for the first time the impact that his dad leaving because he's talking about his opinions of being a firefighter with all these firefighters around him he's like well if you're gonna be a firefighter just don't just don't have kids okay because one day you're gonna go out and you're not gonna come back and then you're leave, and then you leave behind your kid and and their life's effed up for the rest of their lives and yada yada, yada. and he just goes on and on and on and, and on. that broke my heart i think that was yeah. the first time pete davison had said something that i was like all right i mean besides the opening scene that jason kept yeah kept referencing which is probably the best scene in the whole movie i would i would go as far to say the beginning and the end i really enjoyed um but yeah, that, that one scene, I, it's the first glimpse that we get into how he feels being his mom dating another fire department guy. Yeah. And get introduced to Steve Buscemi, who I thought was really, really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, he was not only funny, but also like brought some really good, like dramatic chops to it. And some of his lines like carried a lot of weight and he was really good. But I like that exchange he had with Pete Davidson wearing that, that t-shirt. He was like, why don't you, be like your shirt and lighten up. And then Davidson <laughs> looks down and he's like, ah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty, one. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. So fun he, fact, like- Steve Buscemi's fun fact, he was a firefighter. He had done, I think four or six years and then started to get acting gigs. So he, he left, but then at nine 11, when he was in New York, um, he went back, basically put on the suit and jumped on just a random, or maybe it was his old fire station just went down and helped dig through the rubble and stuff. So wow. that, that brings in another nice level because I do think Steve Buscemi really killed it. I think, man, Marissa Tomei probably should have married Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I think, think he's a little, I think she's a little, what's, what's, the, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I think she's a little too good for him, maybe, like yeah, attractive wise. Oh, attractive. oh God, yeah, wait, I just wrote <laughs> Marissa Tomei four times in my notebook with hearts next to it. She is the most gorgeous <laughs> woman. I love her so much. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. she's back because I mostly watched Tom Holland Spider-Man because of Aunt, Aunt May and that. I think their relationship's really great. So to see Marissa to make him back out and just fall back into a New Yorker and just, oh, I love Marissa Tomei. Such an underrated actress. She needs to be in more things. Right. I, really quick, before we close up that Yankee scene, though, before we move on to Marissa Tomei, there was a scene that made me bust. Again, that recurring, like recurring jokes about him having Crohn's. Um, when Steve Boucher like offers him a hot dog, he's like, "No, I can't have a hot dog." Oh, why can't you have a hot dog? Well, I have Crohn's. Well, what's Crohn's? And then he starts talking about what Crohn's is. And then Bill Burr's like, "Dude, you, you don't have, you don't have to dig deep. You don't have to talk about that that much." And then he was like, "What? Just trying to spread awareness." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that, made, that I wrote that down. I thought that was kind of funny because we're all we, we live in a day and age where we're like we are trying to spread awareness, you know. And I mm-hmm. thought that was just I thought that was kind of funny. Man, we got a, a Machine Gun Kelly cameo. Yeah, they're As, like best uh, friends, right? Are they? Like Pete Davidson. I think so. I think, so. I think they're like legit, like friends in real life, like best friends in real life or good friends in real life. Man, he's pretty too. Okay. Sorry. That's, just, <laughs> uh, that's, that's all I had. Um, another great cameo, not really cameo because I'd say he's a little bit more supporting, is uh, Jimmy Tatro. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was the younger yeah. firefighter with the little mustache. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He started, I think, on Vine. He was a Vine star. Oh, um, he's, he's American like Vandal on Netflix. Yeah, American Vandal. He has those like those YouTube videos of like being a frat star. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, real, yeah. real frat bros or real yeah. guys of Simi Valley or something. That was big when I was <laughs> in college. Yeah, um, I love uh, him. He's real funny. 
uh, Jason, what other what other key things that you wanted to point out, or things that made you laugh, or things that made you think, whatever that is? Uh, I just want to give this actress uh, so much credit. Two actresses. Let's give some love to Pamela Adlon for being uh, Bill Burr's ex-wife. Um, <laughs> I thought she was so deadpan and so funny, and I really like the scene with Pete Davidson and her conversing and him just being having that malicious intent of like, I'm going to go to this person specifically so I can harm my mom's boyfriend. And just the, that whole thing was brilliant. And I just love Maude Apatow too. Uh, the caring younger sister. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more of her or I wish I got to see that dynamic fully fleshed out and developed. I would have loved to seen how, like maybe just like some flashbacks of like how she cared for him and like how that dynamic got so lopsided. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Good. She was good. Shout out for Jason for pointing out all the great female supporting actresses of this movie. <laughs> Something we can re- rely on Jason on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Um, I found another line. Yeah, um, do it. It's when he's talking with the ex-wife, I think. Um, he's She's like, did you know he's actively fighting not to have custody for your kids? And he's like, what are the what does he think the kids are the NFL package or something like he just <laughs> <out>? <laughs> he threw that one out I was dying that was a good one too um talk about that uh how I'm about also, you guys don't know I'm sorry I keep it running the New York jokes I'm just gonna highlight all of them because it's just I'm just laughing like the Jets are gonna come back that's it the Jets are gonna come back like, <laughs> we know New York those Jets are not coming back that whole why can't we be like Brooklyn and then yeah. someone else in the group goes New Jersey looks down on us and I, which is just so true because all of New York looks down on Jersey and they, they're across the river and they, they look down on the rest of us and it's like, Jersey looks down on Staten Island. It's just so yep. funny. Um, I have uh, Carla is real. Yes. <laughs> oh, the Hannah Montana kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Is that where he's from? I knew he's a Disney star. Yep. Okay. Whose name is um, Igor? His name is e- <laughs> With that yeah, little so, tattoo. So that was, yeah, oh my God, yeah. That was a good, that was funny when he's visiting him in prison and then all of a sudden you just look over and he's like, dude, Carl was real. And then Pete Davidson leans over in the screen, you see the window and Igor's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I, so great. I enjoyed that. And um, he's standing there and, he, and he's like, you guys love my tattoos. And he has like this very confession moment like, I don't I don't like him as much as I say I do. He's like, I wear him out. Just being a good friend. Uh, and then, so then eventually he and Bill Burr have that fight in the pool, that whole showdown. Mm-hmm. They both get kicked out. And then af- after that, uh, that's when you, you see that development. You talk about that, the, the pharmacy scene being that, that turning point for Pete. You're right. Kind of that and that sequence in the pool. It's kind of this, you begin to see Pete Davidson begin to grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, would you all, How'd you, how'd you like, I guess, the second half, or really, I guess, like the last third of the movie? Or what would you all think about as an end, as it progressed towards the end? Yeah, he, they, there was not consistent development for Pete. It was two and a half hours where, of course, it's, we're seeing a, a man grow, a young man grow. We're, he's supposed to have some physical change progressively. I feel like we see him at his lowest in the opening, and then he kind of just plateaus and we just like throughout the whole first half, we're like, all right, this guy's kind of terrible. Like at the same time, you know, we know he's got a mental illness. So there is that sympathy there. And it's like, all right, he is going through something. He is traumatized. That's from us being sympathetic audience viewers. That's not from Pete Davison letting us do that. He doesn't give us an opportunity to do that. So he just plateaus. And then it's like a huge spike right at the end. Like all the stocks just went up and he's mm-hmm. just quick, like on a dime. And that's not how you develop as a person. You don't just get thrown in a pool one day and everything's fine. Like he, he rushed through the strong, the strong ending for Pete. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. It happens really quick. It's kind of like they almost forgot. It's like, oh, wait, we got to make this guy good at the end. We got to make sure he matures a little bit. And all of a sudden he's just like, oh, I want Bell Powery back. I want her back. I want that. I want my best friend back. I want to be with her. I want to date her all of a sudden. It just seemed a little rushed for a movie. It, it almost felt rushed. unearned. Like right. It, That's it wasn't word. satisfying to see that growth and change, especially after 
after such a quick transition to being like, I gotta be a better person. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make they, sense. They did show it. They montaged through it. I think he grew a lot when he was doing chores around the firehouse. Oh, doing chores around the firehouse. Yeah, when he and being there. around those men and and having that camaraderie that he lost out on since his dad died at seven and his mom yeah. hadn't dated since Bill Burr. And I guess before that montage, or maybe it was after the montage. Um, is that before or after that bar scene when they're all having a good time at the bar, singing along the one headline <laughs> karaoke? And then, and then also, and that's when he begins talking about his dad. They begin talking about his dad and the hero that he was, and how he was also kind of like this clown character. Yeah. Um, but at the same time he was all business when he needed to be business. And I think, you know, and that's, I think that really resonated with Pete. You know, it was, it was nice to hear that his dad just wasn't a hero. He was also a guy who did drugs and was kind of, and was kind of, and was kind of a, a rebel in a way too. Yeah. And the wording that Pete's like, nah, I've, I've, my mom's been telling me what like a great angel this guy is. Like I could use some Coke stories right now. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of, which is kind of true. That's a hard expectation to live up to. But if the only thing you know about someone you want to is that he's a, a hero hundred percent of the time, it's like, that's a, that's a tall task. Yeah. And you've got so low self-esteem and, and yeah. you know, a disability to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason, do you have any thoughts on that or anything else? Uh, sorry. I'm like trying to think. So please excuse me as I like put some final thoughts together. Yeah. I know you're <laughs> just it. thinking about how to trash Pete Davison and you're trying to hold back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, essentially you understand where I'm trying to go with this. <laughs> Um, one thing that, well, as you think and you try to do your closing thoughts before maybe we transition to some, um, some pizza questions, I enjoyed the, the quick little sequence when he's smoking some weed outside the firehouse door. And then there's got those guys walk by and he puts the cigarette in, or he puts the, in his mouth <laughs> and he's just like, oh. and then he spits it out like a pain <laughs> after that, that, that made, that made me laugh. That was pretty funny. Brian, you've obviously never seen someone try to hide a joint. Obviously not. No, I have, no, at least not like that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty amusing. Um, so yeah, do you want any uh, pizza questions or, or Jason's Jason's ready? Let's just do some pizza. Let's go into some pizza. Great. Okay. Excellent. All right, Jason, since you're our newest guest, we're going to, we're going to task you with answering the question first. Our, our Perfect. questions here on our slice on film each week, uh, we try to pick one scene in the movie that would be better if we inserted a pizza pie. Now, I was disappointed this is in New York. Not a single pizza pie was shown. So nope. um, let's let's challenge ourselves. Let's make this movie better. Jason? Where, like, does it need to be a slice or like a whole pie? That's like such a random specific Dude, question. It's, no, it's pizza. Whatever, it whatever could be a pizza you think. pocket. It could be pizza rolls. <laughs> yeah, you can articulate what kind of pizza, what kind of pizza can elevate the movie. Where is it, where is it going to be? Where do you want it to be? It can make sense. It can not make sense. But you need to have some logic behind your decision making. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first scene that uh, comes to mind is the very, very last scene when he's like looking up at the beautiful new york city skylight i just wish he was like chowing down on a folded slice of cheese pizza perf okay that's good that's good that's good just encapsulating like that new york culture a little bit yeah 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 he's finally made it to manhattan he's gotten off staten island he can have his beautiful slice of 99 cent pizza slice yeah while he waits for three and a half hours for his girlfriend to take a civic exam there's so much pizza he could be having all right. That's good. That's, That's a good. good one. Yeah. All right. One deal to the next. Big deal. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So for me, I think probably the, the, the graduation party, nice. like let's just get some, like a ton of pizza catered at that party. I also think that party was kind of a lull for me too. I was yeah. just like, Oh, yeah. we have to sit through this scene of, it was more awkward than anything. He didn't even want to be there. And I felt that. Um, that when he offered, he asked that kid if he has any weed, and the guy's like, "Yeah, can I have some?" For How sure. How old was that kid? He seemed young, <laughs> and so, he knew him by first name too. He goes, "All right, thanks, yeah. man," or whatever. So either, so either, either go with him, smoke some weed, have some pizza, or they have their pizza at the party already. There could have been pizza so much. Anytime they're smoking weed, have pizza there. I feel like it's the ult- It's it's a fantastic weed food. Just have pizza, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. So much wasted opportunity. But I think that's where I would put it. How about you, Michael? There you go. That's great. Um, you know, obviously the logical one, which is in the restaurant that he works in. Um, 
you know, just they're talking about chicken parmesan. Like, yeah, they could probably make a a pizza back there anyway. But I think instead of them ordering it um, when it's it's fight night and they're all sitting around and they're fighting (laughs) for the tips, they should just have some pizza catered. I think and just have that in there. They have a casual fight club, which is not only casual, but also planned because they have specific Hulk smashing gloves (laughs) for fight night so they can fight over their tips. Um, I forgot about that. I loved it. I loved it. And Pete goes down with one punch. Like he's really angry one day. And, Every and time. now we're sitting there like, all right, he's going to, he's going to go fight club. He's just going to punch some guy. And he runs up to him and this little tiny guy just jabs him right in the face. He goes, oh, are you okay? That was just a jab. And he's like, nah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's cool. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I, I totally forgot about those, that fight club stuff. That was funny. Man. Yeah, that was real good. All right. So uh, the next question, we each, we each need a character. Um, that we'd like to sit down and have a slice with and, and chat about life. This is a tough one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason, you again. Who would you want to have a slice of pizza with? I would love to have a slice of pizza with Maude Apatow, at, specifically at the college party at, at like three in the morning. She's hammered out of her mind. Also, what college party looked that epic? I feel like I didn't go to a college party like that. That um, college party was lit, right? It was pretty lit. People, people blowing O's all over the place. I was just like, I'm like, no one in college is that talented to blow O's out of <laughs> Um But uh, yeah, I would be having a very late night drunk slice of pizza with Maude Apatow at the party. And that, okay, so I didn't realize that. So that's Judd Apatow's daughter is Pete Davidson's little sister. Yeah. Yeah. She was good. She wasn't bad. Yeah, she was good. She's really good. Check her out in Euphoria. Check her out in Hollywood. Check her out in I think every other Judd Apatow movie. So she's a legit. She's a legit actress. This is not her. This is not her first time acting. She's like no, you know, no. She's in several other things. Her mom's okay, Leslie okay. Man. Yes, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also surprised to not find her in this movie. I yeah, I thought maybe she would appear at some at some point, but I imagine this was didn't. Pete's project. Yeah, and, but still, and, and yeah, but still, you're right. Yeah. All right, so cool. Maud, that's your name, Maud. Yeah. It's like an old school. That's an old school name. Yeah, I can dig good. that. All right. Cool. All right. So good one, Jason. That was a good one. Um, uh, so I guess it's my turn then. If if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I would like. Yeah. I like um, order. Um, I think mine would be <laughs> his mom. <laughs> Marissa. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marissa Tomei, uh, no, but I would be interested to see how she, I don't know, like how her, how her husband's death affected her. Cause you don't really get insight into that at all. She had to be the leader in this brave front while raising two kids. And I can, I just can only imagine what kind of toll that it's taken on her. I would love to hear her story. She didn't date for 17 years. Um, and you want to cry over pizza? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. I feel like a theme for me in picking this, these pizzas, like I just, I just want to learn more and like the reasoning behind the, the person. And I would, I just want to get to know that character more. And, um, also, she had like a, her character changes like a light switch. All yeah. of a sudden, she's like, she Head is up. not his mom anymore. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I, I'm just like, what is that, is that, is that kind of real? So I want to, I want, I want to get to know, get to know that too. No, I, it was unearned. I think it's real. Wait, you oh, said so, it was unearned. Yeah. Oh, I thought, see, I, go, oh God, go, go, go. I, I think, <laughs> I think it was real, right? Okay. So Pete Davison's character ruined the relationship she really wanted. So she was mad at him and that was the last straw and Bill Burr attacked her son. So just separating those two instances, her looking at this. Yes. She had a right. You know, if I'm a, if I'm a single mom, I'm sure single moms, <laughs> even if they're dating someone, if that guy puts their hand on their kid, like, yeah, you, you snap. For sure. That's for sure. That's for for sure. sure. And Pete, I mean, yeah, we spent an hour and 15 with the guy just being a dumb piece of like shit in Marissa Tomei's basement. So, you know, I, I think it was earned. I'm, I'm glad she stood up for herself. Um, I don't like that. She kind of turned into the Staten Island housewife and really kind of removed herself quick. Yeah, yeah, quick. Like in that scene with the eat a dick hay scene, he's like, she's like, all right, Pete, let's let's go talk outside. And then he goes, oh, okay, let's talk. And she just closes the door and she's closing the door on him and yeah. goes back inside and laughs at him. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think it was unearned, but I think uh, 
and then she disappears until we're in the ER. Yeah. yeah, 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 and I would have, I would have liked to see like a montage of her growth, like her like hanging out with her sister, doing lunch with the ladies, like seeing what her life was actually like outside of Pete Davidson. Yeah, that's the question, Brian. Do you want to have a slice with Marissa Tomei in the first half of the movie or after she kicks the boys out? Which would you rather? I think, I, I think, I think, no, I'm, I'm getting the whole character. I'm getting, I'm getting. It's after the movie, so I, I guess it would technically okay. be, it would technically be like after seeing this movie, I still choose her. So I guess technically, it would probably be leaning towards the second half of the movie, just because it's where she's at after mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. But I would still ask questions about like, hey what went on those 17 years how are you what what kind of person are you yada 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 um you know i think that's where that's where my head's at right now cool yeah well i mean Um, i love marissa to i'd I'd eat pizza with her yeah all right how about Uh, my character is igor i almost said i almost said igor and i figured i thought i thought you might i thought he might be brought up so i'm happy you did specifically because he's just so down to clown but he's obviously like the black sheep of the group and (laughs) you know Carla's real so I'm interested in seeing like what is this hot chick like what is he about because he's in jail he's got really terrible tattoos he's not cute he's not really he's, but he's sweet he's a good friend and that's, that's what, what I want to know I want to yeah. have a slice with Igor and just be like dude why are you hanging out with these guys yeah just, you could have a nice life and now you're in prison yeah <laughs> he can't eat pizza in prison don't you know you're on Hannah Montana <laughs> I don't know if Miley Cyrus even knew she was on Hannah Montana. <laughs> Definitely she didn't. <laughs> and, all right. Now, um, so those are our pizza questions. That was pretty cool. Yeah, those are those are good ones. Those That's are nice. good ones. It's nice having a third person talking about that. Yeah. Um, bringing in an extra scene and an extra and an extra character. There was something with Bill Burr that I wanted to bring up that I'm forgetting, which is very frustrating. Um, but something about him that stood out to me and I can't quite remember it, but, um, is he a good dad? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, brother, we'll get to that. Hold on. So kind of symbiosis going yeah. on. Really uh, I, so you mentioned earlier how Pete Davidson went to his ex-wife and Pete, Pete, and to, to get like the dirt on him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Burr was like, yeah, of course you went. And then later when he's confronting Pete, He's like, yeah, of course you go to my ex-wife. She's going to tell you the worst thing about me. You go to the, you go to your, you go to your worst person to get the worst things. What do you expect you're going to get? Right. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to the guys at the firehouse and ask them? Mm-hmm. No. Right. Like you have to get the full picture. You didn't get the full picture of what you got. And I thought that was very interesting. I think that was, I, I like, I liked that message. There's more, there's more than one side to everything, right? Like anyone's ex-wife is probably, or ex-partner or whomever may not say the best things about you. But there's always maybe another, yeah. There's always a uh, another another side of the coin. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I like that. Yeah, and. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I forgot what I was gonna say. Anywho, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was that was a message that resonated with me, and I think it's just maybe important to think about. I guess I don't know. I just I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. And then I, and then at the end, at the very close to the end, when Pete's talking to his mom behind Mrs. Dad, that that hit me well too, and I mm. I, I enjoyed that as well. So yeah. yeah, I guess with that being said, um, final final reviews. Should we go into our our slice of the film? Our our slices of the film? Where we where we rating it out? Our ratings, yeah. Uh, Jason, more instructions for you. We rate a movie out of eight because eight slices make a pizza. And traditional movie ratings have four stars. So you double that and math is real easy. So yes. Jason, take it away. You're, you're the first voice we got. What are we? Perfect. Are we... Uh, okay. So I am going to give this film four slices. I ha- I'll have a whole half pizza. Um, I thought the movie, again, like it struggled to find its tone. There were a lot of moments that felt unearned in the character development. A lot, a lot of character development felt unearned related to Marissa Tomei and Pete Davidson. With that being said, I think the movie has a lot of very beautiful scenes independently of the whole narrative. Um, and I think, I think almost like, I feel like this movie could have been so much better if it was like an HBO miniseries where you actually learn more about how all these different characters are affected by Pete Davidson and how they deal with his trauma and how that affects themselves. 
because I would have loved so much more fleshed out characters, learning more about the mom, the ex-wife, the sister, um, whoever else. I think there's such an incredible supporting cast and we just didn't spend enough time with them. Um, especially in that first half of the movie where we just like dick around Pete Davidson and you just like, I just get pissed off with them. Um, but um, there's some really funny moments, some great scenes. Uh, I, I'm satisfied with the ending. I like the, just, the, just, the juxtaposition of the first scene versus the very last of, of him closing his eyes while driving to opening his eyes, looking around the scenery of New York. It does show that like he's embracing the life around him. There's a lot to enjoy and see and to open up to. Um, so not Judd Apatow's best work. I'm curious to see uh, what he does next. Maybe it probably would be a lighter movie, but uh, I'll give it, yeah, good four slices. Good cool. four slices. Four slices. Not bad. You know, that, that ending scene, here's an added little, you know, bump, obviously filmed on location. So Pete Davidson was down there. Um, that big building in the background is the Freedom Tower. So that's One World Trade Center. So that's what they built mm. after the towers fell. So yeah, Scott's dad didn't die in 9-11, but Pete's did. And that final shot of him looking up into the sky with the, you know, World Trade One in the background, that. Oh, that's a good, that's good. a good touch. Yeah. That's a good touch. And only a local, only a local <laughs> can point that out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for that reason, I'm going to give it five slices out of eight. Cause you know, I agree with everything, you know, I'll, I'll throw this on again to kind of giggle through it. I think I wouldn't watch it for any character development. Like if I want to watch a movie where someone grows, it's not this one. Um, but I, I would love to see Pete's kind of expletives, his little one-liners come out every once in a while. Maybe I will try to find a YouTube video in a, in a year from now where it's like best lines from King of Staten Island and I'll just play that and I could just cut out everything. <laughs> cool. So five slices? Five. I'm at five slices to this week. All right. So I was really hoping to go after Jason, Michael. So I appreciate you oh, cutting why? in there before me because oh, I was also going to say five slices. So I didn't want to be like, I'm copying you. I wanted you to copy me. But Brian, be am, independent. You. Be independent. You can rate it anything you'd like. Well, no, there's no half slices. I don't believe in half slices. I didn't so do I a can't. half slice this week. I know, but I'm not either. If I want to okay. be different, I'm not going up to a six because I don't think it's a six caliber movie, but I'm not going to say four and a half because I don't believe in half slices. All right, you stubborn bitch. Why does this thing get five slices? For the, I know it's just from hearing Jason that I definitely liked it a little more than him. I, I had a lot of bust out laugh moments and I want to appreciate and respect that, but this should not be a two hour and 15 minute movie. It felt long and if, and, but still felt rushed, which when you have both those feelings, it tends just to not be the most enjoyable movie. And then in the context of John Apatow, like 40 year old virgin knocked up. I definitely enjoyed more. Um, even like I haven't revisited train wreck in a while, but I remember really liking train wreck when that came out. Um, so I need to revisit that. But I think, I, and I think that's where my logic is at. It's not, it's not the best Abatow film, it's not the best comedy I've seen. It was long, but it was still funny. So five. One out of the of best movies of 2020 I've seen. It's just absolutely not saying much, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so cool. So we got a four, a five, and a five. I think with all that being said, that probably means we would recommend it. This is twenty dollars though. So I like, wouldn't recommend it for that reason. Oh, not for twenty dollars. So, Hell so no. Would, so wait for it to stream. It's it's gonna stream somewhere eventually, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Like it's it will it'll I think it'll play very well on like a streaming platform. But yeah, so maybe wait to rent it then. Even then. Why is it box. Bucks this is a red run. box movie. Well, it's still renting. You rent in Redbox, Michael. Yeah, I but it's a dollar a night. I, it, I know, I don't no, I haven't I haven't touched Redbox in a while. I'm waiting for this to come on Netflix or something until I watch this again. I don't I am not paying anything to see this movie again. <laughs> Maybe I am a four. I'm going to a four. I'm giving us a four. Whoa! Yeah, okay, then I go then I have to go down to a three. What is happening? <laughs> this is anarchy. What is happening? <laughs> I'm not paying to see this movie again. I'm, I'm, it's only a streaming movie for me. I don't want to pay this movie. I'm going to keep the average. This movie is now rated seven out of eight slices. <laughs> <laughs> We've kept the average. <laughs> We're all right. Maybe I'm going to a five again. <laughs> oh, oh it's just like this movie. Just like the movie. We're all over the place. We have no like. idea. <laughs> I'm looking at Kimberly and she's like, what the hell? Man, unprecedented. 
Um, cool. So we're a little all over the place with the movie. So I guess, so officially, what are we saying? Jason, officially, what are you? Us, like in terms of slices? Yes. Officially uh, on the scorecard, what do you put, what do you put it down? I'm going to go, I'm going to go down to three slices. Wow. Okay. I'm sticking at five. I'm sticking. You're sticking at five. All right. For the sake of it, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying five. <laughs> a four seems hard. I don't think it's a four movie. I want to say five. I want to say five. it's for sure not a six. For sure not a six. Next week on our slice on film, we might have our shit together. <laughs> we need to like have an episode breaking down our slices. That's like, right. <laughs> we need to write down like one slice. Wouldn't yeah. even touch it. Yeah. Two slices. Yeah, yeah. I don't even look at Redbox. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Damn. Okay. Anyways. Anyway, sorry, Jed. Um, so with that being said, let's, uh, let's go into our last slice of the day. Jason, what is, oh, is that a, is that a high, hand up, Michael? What is that? Oh yeah, because mine's actually still about King of Staten Island, but I saved it for the last slice. Ooh, then Michael, you can go first. Excellent. My last slice this week is more coronavirus related news, of course. Um, King of Staten Island was supposed to premiere in theaters. It was supposed to be a, a wide release. Um, when they cut down all of that, of course, with, with the pandemic going on, the drive-in theaters started to open and they still had licensing to show the movie. Mm-hmm. And then two days before opening night, um, basically, you know, the studio was like, no, this is premium video on demand only. So all these drive-in theaters that had sold a bunch of tickets for a new movie, you know, since this whole thing started, um, they had to replace it with like Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink. They had to I think one of them did like the Hunger Games or whatever, and they just they lost stuff. Um, it's just uh, it's just so complicated, and I'm just afraid for how much more money am I going to have to spend to pay movies? Like we're just going to have another streaming service where only you know Universal movies are on here. You can only watch them here. Any new movie you have to buy it. Like it's just this is the late stage capitalist dystopia that we were warned about Mm -hmm. anyway that's my last slice sorry um, drive-in theater owners i miss the theater experience and i want nothing more for it to come back but i think you're right i think a lot more movies are going to come out in this capacity and it's it's upsetting yeah all right uh jason uh brian can you please go first because i'm still trying to figure (laughs) out what this last slice is supposed to be about (laughs) wow just tell us something that you've been thinking about um Fine. I, no, I can, I can go. I can go. Um, a last slice that I have for the day is that I had pizza yesterday Disgusting. watching the King of Staten Island with Michael Domino's. Uh, we found a $20 coupon to have two one topping media pizzas, 16 Parmesan bites, eight cinnamon twists and a two liter Diet Coke. It was absolutely absurd for $20. Um, so thank you for that Domino's. And then tonight I think Kimberly and I are going to go out with another couple um, one of her coworkers, and we're going to get pizza at a local joint, High Point Pizza. So I'm having pizza back-to-back nights, Jesus. and I'm, I'm pumped. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. We also so. had the least, the most contact, contactless delivery of the pizza. Oh, my God. Domino's is going up. You know, they're, they're advertising non-contact, and next thing you know, I open the door, and it's like, oh, can you sign this receipt? I haven't had to sign a, a, a contactless receipt. Like, what the hell? I've been signing it. <laughs> And I had to give the pen back, and then she was still there. I was, I was picking it. She had a she had like a tray under all the pizzas, so it act the pizza box was actually hitting the ground. So I had to pick up the pizza, and then she was right there under me picking up the tray that it was on. We were we were definitely within six feet. So um, the most, not the now. smoothest not the smoothest Domino's delivery I've had. But, but I'm still uh, thankful for the pizza. It was delicious, and I had that Diet Coke again for morning for breakfast. So it was great. What? Uh, all right we're gonna gloss over that unhealthy habit um (laughs) jason you kind of gotta hang on what's going on now uh yeah so i can just literally talk about anything that i care about yeah any any last slice just your last slice okay last slice uh for me today uh it is the middle of pride month which is very important to me because fyi i identify as queer surprise surprise um (laughs) everyone I would like to just send a big shout out to all of the incredible black uh, trans activists who have put in so much work and effort over the past decades for a bunch of incredible queer plus people to be involved in this movement without their incredible work. If there's, they have laid the foundation for all of LGBTQ. So everyone should go check out the movie Paris is Burning, educate themselves on the underground ball scene in New York City. That was 
primarily with uh, Black, Latino, gay, and transgender uh, individuals. Educate yourselves. It's Pride Month. Uh, I think that's all I have. Nice. Here, here. All right. Yeah. That is that is now the second time Paris is Burning has been referenced on this podcast. So yeah. we've we're going to have to watch it. We're going to have to throw that up for Brian. Yeah. I need, I, need, I need to watch this movie. It sounds like, damn. It's, it's an incredible movie. Right? Yeah. Documentary, movie. Cool. Sweet. All right. Where's, where's that at? Where, where can I find that movie? I think it's a documentary. Beats me. Yeah. Google it, Brian. I don't know. We had an opportunity to, to ask Jason and you, where can I find this movie? And you all dropped the bed. So you're doing a great job advertising this. Movie. Drop <laughs> the bed. You dropped the ball. Do you mean days. drop the ball or shit the bed? Pick one. You. <laughs> Damn it. You did both. Okay. You dropped the ball and shit the bed at the same time. So Whoa. that's what that is. Yeah. So have fun with that. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our slice on film. Don't shit the bed. Um, we'll see you next time. Oh, I thought you guys were gonna be like, bye. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, yeah, for being thanks, a part Jason. of this. You are our first guest. Thank you. Tell your friends about us. And uh, we would love to have you back on again talking about a future movie, man. Awesome. I look forward to it. Uh, check me out on Instagram at official Jason Deal. That's all I got. <laughs> oh follow God. for follow. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. And let me tell you something. Your dad was a hero. And heroes are necessary. And they should be allowed to have families. together time is passing by very quickly why do you think i smoke weed all the time so i can slow it down i just feel like everybody's always disappointed in me and i never live up to anybody's expectations hey thanks for listening to all this you're one of the few people who treat me you know like a person you're welcome